You're listening to More in the Morning on News Talk 1010 Toronto. All right, Nick McMahon, is this deliberate? <laughs> oh, is this the police? Oh, right, of course. Great well, song. Also, though, the, the general theme of the song is a little suspect. But <laughs> uh, Myron Dimkew is the chief of police for Toronto Police Service. And you and I have never actually met before, so it's a pleasure to have you in the studio. I'm glad to have you today. Welcome. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I want to ask a number of questions because this is sort of a, a getting-to-know-you session. But we have to start with the announcement yesterday of 80 police officers being deployed to uh, the TTC. Um, how did you arrive at that, uh, that decision? So, uh, listen, as uh, we watch things unfold over the past weeks, we've certainly, at the local divisional level, stepped up our patrols in and around uh, transit properties. Uh, so, uh, I can tell you, uh, in my visiting the transit system, uh, it, was, it was communicated to me that our presence had already increased in ridership and, uh, and workers had noticed our presence. Uh, but certainly we can't... Uh, we cannot respond to the recent spat of activities and violence and uh, high-profile events that have happened on the transit system. And as a result of that, I was in contact uh, on many occasions with the CEO, uh, Rick Leary, and uh, we discussed on how to enhance police presence. And, and the executive team uh, worked closely with TGC, looked at the analytics, looked at uh, what we can do to be uh, effective. Uh, in our deployments and uh, arrived at the number and uh, and a deployment model that now, I believe... How, how did you arrive at the number? I mean, well, is there, is there actually a slide rule for this? Uh, it, it's, it's a combination of data and experience and uh, understanding the geography and what we're dealing with. So um, there's no perfect slide rule, but there is data. We are informed by data. We are informed by uh, the, the uh, reports and activities uh, reported to us by both transit employees and residents. Uh, so we're responsive to that. What form is this patrol going to take? I mean, is, are officers going to have instructions like, you know, you go to this station and then get on the train and go to that? Or, I mean, how is that going to work? There'll be a combination of activities, and uh, the activities will be nimble and responsive to the data we learn uh, as things unfold. So there'll be a combination of presence at stations, presence on service routes, presence on trains, uh, riding trains, riding buses, streetcars, um, as well as some element of stationary posts. And in order to, I guess, get a handle on the number of 80, how many officers are on active patrol in any given shift? Uh, well, our coverage is uh, from the morning rush uh, into the evening. So we will be deploying uh, throughout the day. Uh, so that 80 will be deployed kind of over the course of many hours through the day. So it won't be 80 all at once. Uh, it'll be uh, some element of that combination. And again, we're going to adjust as we go and look at the trends and patterns and things and, and how responsive uh, our residents are, our riders are, and uh, what, our, what our partners at TTC uh, uh, are seeing and what they believe would be more effective and we'll adjust accordingly. Okay, uh, but I'm curious about what the full complement of on-duty police officers in a shift is versus these 80, because I, I guess people want to have an impression of how many, how much more is this? Yeah, so so we are, uh, with, so let me back this up just sure. a bit to set the context. Uh, we've increased our patrols already as part of our business um, as, it, as it relates to our uh, prioritizing day-to-day -day activity in our divisions. So we already had on-duty assets attending to different uh, areas of concern. Uh, that will continue. Uh, the 80 is in 
in addition to what we've already been doing, um, and we're going to complement our ability to do that uh, and not compromise our ability to respond to calls for service, because that is right. a really important core service function that we're focused on, making sure that we're able to respond when people call. And in order to not compromise that, we are using callbacks, uh, particularly during the times when we know our radio call needs are high, and we need to keep our on-duty assets focused on that, and, uh, and that will... So these are off, officers who, under other circumstances, would be off-duty. That's right. They're going to be deployed. That's right. Okay. Is this part of the additional $48.5 million that John Tory has in the budget, or is this another? This is going to be another envelope? Uh, I, I will tell you it's an operational expense. Uh, we have the ability to respond to the needs of the city uh, on these kinds of things. Of course, we monitor that very carefully throughout the course of the year. Right. Uh, this will be a pressure. Because 80, yeah, 80 police officers doesn't come cheap. This will be a pressure that we are going to have to uh, keep track of, and we'll certainly be leading that discussion um, with our budget team, um, and we'll see how it impacts our budget over the course of the year. How long, do you have a timeline of how long this operation is going to last? Because when I spoke about doing something like this earlier this week, it was for me sort of almost a demonstration of things like, okay, you're signaling that you take this seriously, but also let's just quit with the BB guns and the stabbings, everyone behave yourselves. But this can't be a permanent situation, can it? Well, listen, I, I said yesterday, um, and I'll say to you, uh, we're going to be responsive to the needs of uh, the ridership, and, our, and we're going to keep our transit system safe. Uh, we will we will scale this up and down as required, day-to-day, uh, week-to-week, month-to-month as required. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is forever. I certainly hope it's not. I hope we can be done with this in relatively short order. Uh, but we are going to be prepared to do what it takes to ensure that riders feel safe, workers feel safe, and that the critical infrastructure that the TTC is continues to operate. And let me be clear, uh, this transit system is safe. This system moves hundreds of thousands of people a day and gets people to work, gets people to social events, gets uh, kids to school in an effective, safe manner. And we're going to augment uh, uh, our presence in order for people to not only be safe, but to also feel safe. And we'll do that for the time being until we understand what the needs are. We're in conversation with Toronto's new police chief, Myron MQ. And another file that you've been addressing of late, I gather you and John Tory are on the same page about uh, trying to reform the bail system so that certain people are not out there and free to wreak mayhem all over again. That's right. Absolutely. A high priority for me as the chief, a high priority for the service. And listen, uh, the impact of uh, our reforms are laser focused on issues around uh, gun violence. And uh, it is the most pressing public safety concern in the city, has been for some time. And I think, uh, uh, you know, as I look back over the the past and our approach to how we address gun violence, this is not uh, just a policing issue. It is a multidimensional, multi-sectoral issue. We've changed our approach in many ways operationally and the one place we're very focused on now is on the legislative reform that is a federal mandate and as a result of that uh, myself and the chair of our police service board wrote the prime minister uh, requesting three specific legislative reform pieces that we believe are uh, going to be effective and uh, quite frankly respect not only the rights of those who are accused but also the rights of victims and uh, and recognizes the trauma and the impact on our residents that gun violence has uh, has caused. 
When you were um, sworn in, you made it very clear in your remarks, and you have on many occasions, that you know as the new police chief that there are some bridges to be repaired, I guess, and in particular with uh, the queer community and with um, the black community. So I wonder, you know, moving forward, how you're going to be doing that. So that work has uh, started. It started before December 19th, of course. So uh, I met with a number of community leaders in the LGBTQ to us plus community uh, to discuss, you know, the uh, the issues that had arisen that were clearly documented concerns with my coming in as chief. Uh, and certainly I acknowledge uh, the concerns of the community. I met with community members to speak to them directly, uh, to listen and understand their concerns firsthand, and to understand what the path forward is together to bridge the gap, to build trust, to increase the trust and confidence they have in me as the chief. Yeah. Uh, but this is also about a broader relationship that the police service has had with communities. Uh, and it's important to acknowledge that that relationship hasn't always been where we would like it to be. And there's a lot of work for us to do. Right. Not Because it goes beyond. I mean, it's decades now since the incident that we're circling. But there was also the MacArthur um, incident or, or issue. Correct. And so, yeah, the relations with the uh, police force, not not great. It's, it's something we need to continue to work on and why I made trust, improving trust my number one priority, because that is uh, an imperative of mine, but it's an imperative in policing that we can function without recognizing that we do so with the consent of our communities, and to do that, we need the trust of our communities. Many years ago, you had a gun pointed at your face, and it did not fire. And I found myself, when I learned of that story, wondering, did you sort of start counting the days of the rest of your life that day that it could have all been over? Well, John, I was a young man then, and uh, I was a young police officer um, working hard, keeping our streets safe, um, and quite frankly, I, I didn't think of it in that context, the way you described it. I've had other events in my life that got me to that uh, consideration. That, that didn't necessarily happen as a result of that day, um, but you know, it was a stark reminder that this is the nature of the work, and, and quite frankly, as chief, uh, I'm incredibly grateful and always humbled and um, and amazed at the, the incredible dedication and courage our members demonstrate every day because they rush towards danger each and every day, uh, often unsung uh, heroes, and, um, and they do so in an exemplary fashion. Yeah, but you can say to them, hey, I've been there. Yeah, they know the story. They know the story. But you know, the police officers today out on the road uh, face uh, far more of that than than I did in 1995. Uh, and the world has changed for them dramatically. Uh, and the challenges they face are different than the challenges I faced in 90, 1995. And uh, I'm incredibly uh, respectful and humbled uh, to lead them and, uh, and grateful for what they do. It's tremendous to meet you. And we talked before the interview about the possibility of going for a ride together. So I'll look forward to that. And I hope you'll come back and visit us again. I will, John. I look forward to that.